everyone, I'm your host, Bella Page, and after suffering from post-concussion syndrome for years, it was time to do something about it. So welcome to the Post-Concussion Podcast, where we dig deep into life when it doesn't go back to normal. Be sure to share the podcast and join our support network, Concussion Connect. Let's make this invisible injury become visible. The Post-Concussion Podcast is strictly an information podcast about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. It does not provide nor substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are simply intended to spark discussion about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. Welcome to episode number 78 of the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Phil Page, and today's guest, Sophia Raquel. Sophia is a three-time concussion survivor and advocate for brain injury awareness taking healing one day at a time while believing in the power of neuroplasticity. Welcome to the show, Sophia. Thank you so much for having me. So to start, do you want to tell everyone a bit about the concussions you've experienced? Yes, I'm nearly three years out from my most recent concussion. My first one happened in 2015. I was a junior in high school going up for a soccer header. My second one happened in August 2019, three days into my senior year in university studying the brain. I was getting a book from under my desk. I was in a rush and I raised up very hard and smacked my head on the underside of the desk. And then less than a month and a half later, I got my third concussion in a self-defense class, which really derailed a lot of plans. It's kind of like you're studying the brain, you get hurt in a self-defense class, like they like kind of fight against each other. (laughs) Your injuries do for sure. Definitely. So once you got your first one, did that one heal a little faster than the other two? I think it did because as soon as the concussion happened, I was assessed like on the side of the field and the athletic trainer essentially said, you probably have a concussion, go to a neurologist and follow those steps. And so I did go to a neurologist. I'm very thankful. She's amazing. And she actually inspired me to pursue neuroscience. And so the good thing about that first concussion is that Because I was in high school, the teachers were pretty accommodating, and I was able to essentially completely stop playing soccer and take time off of classes. So I would say I did heal from that one. There were definitely residual effects of it. When I started senior year of high school, I really couldn't remember anything from second semester junior year. But Compared to my other two concussions, I really got off the merry-go-round, you could say, and healed from that one. No, I'm so glad. It's tough, though, when that happens because then we experienced a concussion where we got better quickly. Like a lot of mine at the beginning, the majority of mine actually were from before and a lot of the severe ones, too. And those were the ones that I 
bounce back after maybe a few weeks, a few months, but I was always like kind of just living with it and not treating it. Like I would go to the doctor once in a while, but I kind of just carried on because they didn't seem like that big of a deal. And so you mentioned school and pursuing neuroscience, which is wonderful. So how did you decide to continue with school or not after your concussions? It was definitely something I thought about for a long time. After the concussion junior year in high school, it felt like, no pun intended, but like a (laughs) no-brainer. I needed to graduate high school on time, and I was motivated to do so. The big thing was just no more soccer. But in college, it felt like there was a lot at stake because, of course, it was college. I had to think about like financial aspects of it. I had to think about the classes, the professors, and I had also just started research that, funny enough, was on how to (laughs) heal the brain after mental fatigue. And so that was very motivating to try and build up that research experience. And so I felt like I couldn't halt everything. And that was a big struggle because I knew that the brain can heal with time and training, but I also knew, I mean, in the process, I was taking classes about DNA replication and how there are consequences after things get damaged. And so it was definitely a struggle and I had to get very creative with study tactics. Yeah, we are going to talk about those next. And (laughs) I understand the need to graduate on time. I definitely always tell everyone If you need to add time to your schooling, it's really not a big deal in the end when it feels like a really big deal when you're younger. Mm -hmm. But as you get older and you have a career, you're like, oh, I could have taken another year before I got here and nothing would have really changed. So it is important to give yourself a little grace. But I was the same way. I wanted to graduate. I had a plan and I was determined. And I definitely likely struggled a lot longer because I didn't ever give myself a break. Like I went right into university and when I went into school, I hadn't even been a full-time high school student yet. So that was like not full-time to complete full-time. And everyone knows the jump from high school to college is a big one sometimes. And I made it work with things like accommodations not doing as many courses at once, spreading them out over the year. Like there's lots of little adjustments you can make if you want, but it's also okay to take a break too. So what are some of your tips for going to school? Yeah, I had to yeah, get very creative. The first step was telling my student disability service about what I was experiencing. I went to them and essentially got documentation that I could provide to my professors that let them know that I needed extra time to complete assignments. And I think they also said that I could record lectures if they weren't already recording them. And I think that was what is bottom line helped me be successful in getting through the classes. I happen to be a very quick typer I used that strength to try and build up that weakness of my memory was really, really inconsistent. And so I would record the lectures and it was incredibly time consuming, but I would (laughs) type and transcribe what I heard. 
And it was sometimes the lectures, I mean, it was like a 45-minute lecture. And so typing all that up sometimes was 15 pages or more single-spaced on like a Google Doc. But it was an important step because then I would record myself reading the lectures word for word. And then I would listen to those throughout the day when I was getting ready for class or walking to an exam. That was one strategy. I also love to make art. And so I discovered that I was more successful in remembering the scientific mechanisms when I drew them out from the textbook. And so I got some markers I really liked and just replicate what I was seeing in the textbooks. And that did so much more for me than just staring at it, trying to remember. So anytime I could interact with the material, that really helped. So making art for fun, but also to study was powerful. Interesting how you get creative with what you can do. I used to type up my notes and then just read them. I'd print them off and then just read them and read them and read them. And there's actually a lot of technology out there to help you now. You could get, there's pens and things like that that you can record. And then it'll put it into text. Now you have to read all of it, especially when you're in a science class, because half the words will probably turn out wrong. But <laughs> it is worth trying and things like that. And I like that you recorded yourself. That's interesting. And listen to yourself doing lectures and things like that. I always used to just read my notes. I would read them all over. And then another thing that really helped me was making anagrams and things like that because my memory wasn't great. So if it was like for something really important that I knew I kept forgetting, I'd make an anagram for it. And then when I'd walk into the exam, I used to flip the exam over because I got extra time because of my head. I would flip it over and write a bunch of information down like words sequences steps to problems because I was in a lot of math classes and I would just write them all out so that I could kind of use it as like a cheat sheet that I wrote out I just like did a memory dump Mm -hmm. because sometimes I'd be halfway through an exam and my whole entire memory would just like blank if I got a headache so little things like that would really help and it's important to figure out what works for you we do have a small school like cheat sheet toolkit on Concussion Connect available for survivors to kind of go through, you know, getting accommodations, going to those student accessibility centers, and what to even ask for, because where do you start? So that's a really good idea. And so I wanted to ask something I didn't really experience because I didn't really go anywhere for school, but I had like my few close friends and then I didn't really branch out in school and meet new people in college like you're supposed to because of my health. But I was just wondering how your social life in school was when suffering from symptoms. It's actually something I'm still working through. I was very social. I was very go, 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 always involved in things to the point where I really never stopped. And so The two concussions nearly back-to-back really forced me to hit the brakes, and I really struggled with that emotionally. I felt pretty isolated. It was frustrating because it was my senior year. I was really involved. I did a lot of art, but also portrait photography, which became incredibly fatiguing. I tried to do a session after my concussion, and it just was too much. And so that completely stopped, and 
doing, I called it Sophia Raquel portraits, like all of that, it just completely stopped. And I've done maybe three sessions since 2019. And before that, I was doing sometimes three or four in a month. And so that aspect of my social life is still very slowly healing which is disappointing, but it's also what's best for my brain right now. Mm -hmm. On top of that, I got very close with my roommate, and she was very supportive to me. I'll honestly be forever thankful for that. The other thing was I just had to essentially nurture the friendships that were most supportive towards my healing journey. And so it meant less events. It meant attending less group settings like no more parties for sure. Too loud, too bright. <laughs> and most recently, it was last year, there was a music festival that I thought maybe I could go to, maybe things getting better. And as it got closer, I was just like, this is a bad idea. And so it's definitely still impacting, but I'd say as time is going by, it's starting to improve a little bit at a time. I find time is a really big healer. I strongly believe in all the therapies. I do think they help and teach your brain to do a lot of things that you're struggling with. But I also believe time is a big factor, but it's also really hard when time is a factor because there's no timeline on it. But I am really glad you are seeing things improve and we're going to talk more about that. But before that, we're going to take a quick break. Cognitive FX is a research-driven clinic that has successfully treated thousands of patients who have long-lasting symptoms from concussions or other brain-related injuries. Cognitive FX has an innovative approach to recovery that uses an advanced fMRI scan to map the function in your brain so you can see which areas are not functioning the way they need to in order to support your daily life. Treatment at Cognitive FX takes five days to complete and uses your fMRI scan as a guide and baseline to ensure that your treatment is personalized and effective. They have more than 15 different therapies at their clinic that are uniquely selected to treat the troubled areas in your brain. This means that you won't need to schedule and keep track of multiple specialists, locations, dates, times, or therapies because it will all be prepared for you when you arrive. Once you've completed their treatment, you receive a personalized at-home plan to continue your recovery and gain access to their online patient portal that has instructional videos and resources for your continued recovery. Conveniently, Cognitive FX also offers free consultations so both you and the doctors can ensure that treatment is a good choice for you and your injury. Visit their website at CognitiveFXUSA.com to learn more about their treatment Take a two-minute symptoms quiz to get a quick idea if treatment is right for you. Don't delay your recovery any longer. Find solutions at Cognitive FX today. Welcome back to the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Bella Page, and today's guest, Sophia Raquel. So we were talking about on the break a little bit about how Sophia actually found the podcast when it started. So do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yes, I was working at the time and I was really struggling with a lot of post-concussion symptoms. And I was honestly seeking some support from a community that knew what I was experiencing. And so I just kind of looked it up and happened to see that there was something out there. I remember you probably had maybe two or three episodes out and I heard you say new episodes on Thursdays and I would just listen every Thursday and 
loved it. And what I wanted to say was that, of course, it's been a while since it started. And listening across the journey of post-concussion podcast growing has really helped me kind of benchmark where my symptoms were too. And I'm really thankful to be able to say that my symptoms are no longer as severe as they were when I first was listening. And so the stories and the interviews still really resonate. But I guess I'm really excited to be on the podcast today (laughs) because when it first started, I first listened, I thought, oh my gosh, I very much want to be involved with this, but I'm still struggling so much with symptoms. But Mm -hmm. clearly things are getting better. The brain can heal with time and training. And that's why I'm here today. Yeah, I'm so glad. It makes me like so excited (laughs) whenever people say like I actually had a meeting before we recorded this too. And they mention that how much the podcast has helped them as well. And sometimes I forget there's me behind a mic and I talk to a few people on social media, but I don't talk to everyone that listens to it and I don't have a relationship with everyone. And so it always feels like there's like me and then everybody else is on the other side of a glass wall, as I was saying earlier. It's kind of nice. I'm so excited that we have Concussion Connect now because it's kind of taking the glass wall down. So now I get to hear from people all the time how they're doing, how they're improving, that they're listening to the show, what else they want to hear, questions for the show, just so many things that I find so helpful. And it just like kind of sparks a little bit of a light in me when I get really tired. So that's great. Time has obviously helped. What else has helped you in your recovery? There's kind of two zones of it. Of course, family and friends have been very supportive. I would say there are certain products that have really helped me. I really, really struggled with driving at night. So I ordered some night glasses from Amazon. My friends would joke that I looked like a construction worker or like (laughs) a bug because they looked really funny, but they really, really help. They also help when it's super overcast because that kind of blue tint, it's kind of hard to describe, but it very much helps. I also got blue light blocker glasses and I wear those all the time earplugs. I'm a big fan. For a while, I was using the foam ones, but I found that I really like the silicone because they're reusable. And I also got those on Amazon. (laughs) I also really enjoyed going to different therapies. So vision therapy that's helping train my eyes to move more smoothly. So it's not acuity, but it's just the way they focus on things and like move side to side to read, going to acupuncture for about four months. I finished my training program almost a year ago, chiropractor, vitamin therapy, just as many things as I could do to manage the anxiety because I was very concerned about getting a fourth concussion. (laughs) Still kind of am, but I'd say those were some of the most important steps towards healing. Oh, and memory strategies. Anytime you can make something meaningful, because that helps it stick. I really like that. And I like that you tried a few different things. Like it's good to kind of take everything out of the toolbox and see what works for you Mm -hmm. and kind of see if you can help yourself. And a big support network is very important, whether it's one person, five people or 20. It can make a really big difference, especially on your mood as you go through this, because it's definitely 
just as much as a mental thing as it is a physical thing and so it can really help and so today what are you up to how are you doing Today I'm doing well. I do still have, I'd say, pretty significant insomnia, which is kind of frustrating because, of course, I also have fatigue on top of that. And so you'd think I'd be so tired that I'd just fall asleep. But instead, my brain starts to get wired usually around 10 p.m. And then I want to create and like make art and (laughs) I'm struggling with that still. (laughs) But in general, doing much, much better in good spirits. For a while, I was really concerned about like the long-term effects of my concussions, especially them being back-to-back. But my neurologist reminded me that the positive outlook is very powerful and having such a negative and a perception of the future that hasn't even happened yet can almost lead to a self-fulfilling prophecy of making it harder. And so, of course, this did not fix itself overnight. It's taken me months and months to reframe that, and I still have rough days where I'm concerned about the future. But in general, trying to just protect my brain and staying positive. It sounds so cliche and it's way easier on some days than others, but just trying to be hopeful towards the future rather than catastrophizing the potential (laughs) of a long-term effect. For sure. Mindset is huge. And I never, I didn't believe in it at first, like especially in high school being stubborn and probably the first few years after that, people would be like, oh, well, like if you believe it, then it's like that. And so I just didn't believe that that's how it was, that like my thinking could change a lot. And like you said, it's not an overnight thing. It takes months, it takes years to create a different mindset, but it can help you so much. I know for myself, like everyone that listens to the podcast knows that I'm an adrenaline junkie. Like I was jumping a dirt bike three days ago. So it's okay to kind of have those fears too. I know for myself, when I've gotten hurt after all this started, I would panic and be really afraid. And I started to kind of give myself a break and how to make decisions for me. What works better for me? Am I happier doing this than protecting myself? Or am I happier feeling safe? Like whatever works for you is what you have to do and kind of find a balance in there because I like to take risks, but I also have to remember that I have head injuries. So when it's slippery and pouring outside and everyone else is racing through the mud, I don't get on a bike. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. you have to kind of make decisions and make it work for you. And so I really like that you also mentioned your insomnia while being tired. (laughs) It's a struggle. It is a struggle and it's a thing. I know I would be exhausted and then all of a sudden I'd be wide awake and I probably would hit that overtired line sometimes. And then I would do puzzles used to be my thing at night because I'd be like, well, I need to do something or working on post-concussion ink till like four in the morning. It's a big thing for me in the winter because I get kind of like winter depression when the season lasts long and I don't want to do anything else. So I just like live on my computer working, but then I'm exhausted. (laughs) It used to happen to me a long time ago because my headaches were so bad. So I would want to sleep to make the pain go away, but then I couldn't sleep. So it can be tough to deal with, but I think it takes time and it can get better. And you just have to try different things. Eating is a huge thing before you go to sleep. Trying to figure out what you're eating before you go to bed, when you're eating before you go to bed and how much. 
can really affect your sleep. So always something to think about. And so is there anything else you would like to add before ending today's episode? I just wanted to say that there is hope after head injury and that I think anytime you can be an advocate for brain injury awareness to try and do so. So sharing to protect your brain, trying to treat your symptoms and do what you need to do to feel good. So wearing a hat for me really helped for a long time, but also listening to your symptoms. And if you're starting to feel more comfortable, then try different things and just gradually branch out of your comfort zone. Again, healing is possible. I'm doing things now that two years ago, I never thought that my brain would be able to handle. So there's hope if you just had a concussion, just know that take it one day at a time and you're not alone. You're going to be a survivor. Thank you. And that is some great advice. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing some of your story. Thank you for having me, Bella. Need more than just this podcast? Be sure to check out our website, postconcussioninc.com, to see how we can help you in your post-concussion life. From a support network to one-on-one coaching, I believe life can get better because I've lived through it. Make sure you take it one day at a time.